Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Bradley Benner, a self-proclaimed digital marketing addict, is the co-founder and senior partner at Semantic Mastery, an online SEO and semantic web training and education site. In his role as instructor and coach at Semantic Mastery, he regularly holds private and group training sessions to educate marketers on achieving results through online marketing activities, as well as best practices for succeeding with the semantic web. Together with his partners at Semantic Mastery, Bradley also hosts Hump Day Hangouts, a weekly live stream digital marketing Q&A session. The team's YouTube channel is packed with useful SEO resources on topics ranging from content curation to drive stack. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Bradley. Thank you for having me, Lloyd. I appreciate that. I tell you, I'm excited to dive into this. You know, one of the reasons why I love this podcast so much is that I also am a life learner and I am looking forward to learning more about really how brands out there can um, master semantic web. Uh, before we dive into that though, tell us a little bit more about your journey and ultimately what brought you to the position you hold today. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> how much time do we have? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I came from a technical background. I was an electrician um, right out of high school. I, I went into a trade school and got my certification electrical work. And I did that for several years and then kind of progressed and went into communications work and worked for uh, Bell Atlantic at the time, but it ended up becoming Verizon. So I did telephone work for a while. And what was interesting was I was young, I was making a lot of money, good paying job, had good benefits, all that kind of stuff. But I felt like I was going nowhere, if that makes sense. I was watching some of the the other workers, the other telephone men that I worked with that were, you know, 40, 50 years old and then pretty much the same position that I was in at 21. And I couldn't imagine myself 30 years later doing the same thing. And so uh, I actually started going to school for electrical engineering, but I realized that electrical engineers even didn't really make a whole lot of money either. And money was certainly something that I was interested in. I mean, who isn't really? And it was interesting, but I had some direct mail. Real estate was really hot at that time. Anybody that touched real estate at that time made money. And I kept seeing these ads for how to quick turn real estate, like buy houses and flip them and that kind of stuff. And so I decided to give it a shot. And I actually quit going to school at night just so that I could start studying real estate. Within a few months, I started on a kind of a side business of learning how to and trying to flip houses. And I did very, very well, very quickly. And I was able to quit my job uh, working for the phone company and go into real estate, which is where I learned marketing. And at the time though, marketing was more traditional than it was online. So it was more yellow page ads and right. flyers and bandit signs on the side of the road, like those we buy houses signs you guys see everywhere. That's oh, yeah. indirect mail and a lot of things like that. So it was a lot of traditional type marketing, but that's really where I started to learn marketing. And I really fell in love with that process. And uh, long story short, I, several years later, when 2007, when kind of the real estate market tanked, I ended up going bankrupt in that business because I was doing a lot of rehabs because of my construction background. I was doing full on renovations and things like that. And I had some properties that were under construction when the bottom fell out of the real estate market. So I kind of lost that business and went back into electrical work for a couple of years, but I very quickly got bored again. And this was around 2009. So I started looking for another, you know, I guess it's the entrepreneur in me. I started looking for another way to make money 
uh, besides just doing electrical work. And at the time, digital marketing had really started to take over the marketing field. And Google was the big boy, big kid on the block. And and it was kind of the emerging big kid on the block, right? It was right after AOL and Yahoo and that kind of stuff was like the original search engines. And now Google was taking over and it was becoming a verb, right? People would say, just Google it, that kind of right. stuff. So I started looking at Google and how to market with Google. And, and really, I was looking at originally how to generate leads for my own electrical business because I had started my own contracting company and, and I was looking to generate more business for myself. And so I started looking at how to figure out Google, how to get my business at the top of search results so that people would call me when they were searching for an electrician in their area. Uh, long story short, I fell in love with the process. Like I was absolutely fascinated with learning how to manipulate Google search results. Right. That's what search engine optimization is. And so this was around 2009 when I, I kind of discovered that. And I spent the first couple of years really just learning and, and, and testing and building. Uh, I worked on my own stuff as well as I built some like test sites that I used that I ended up later on turning them into lead generation sites for other contractors where I would either lease the asset, the digital asset to a contractor on a flat monthly fee, or I would charge them on a pay-per-lead basis, that kind of stuff. And I got really good at it. And because of my construction background and my not, you know, my, my relationships that I built with other contractors, I had a, a lot of contractors that were interested in the services that I could provide, which was generating leads online for their business. And so after a couple of years, I built a nice little portfolio of my own digital assets that I was using to and monetize to make money for my own business, uh, you know, for, for me, generating leads for others businesses and I realized I could make more money doing that than I could running my electrical company. By 2012 I had built up enough of a profile or a portfolio that I was able to start marketing my digital marketing services so that I could take on clients and produce more of a reliable steady you know monthly retainer type income and uh, so in 2012 I launched my agency Big Bamboo Marketing which was really a local marketing, like local digital marketing agency. <clears throat> and I primarily worked with contractors, but I would really take any client that would, uh, you know, had an interest in my services. And then within about two years, I had joined a couple of online mastermind groups uh, with other digital marketers, really just to improve my own business. And I got involved with um, a high level mastermind with some other digital marketers that were each running their own businesses. And we, I started an accountability group with this one particular mastermind. It was kind of like a subgroup. And on a weekly basis, I would meet with a handful of people and we would talk about what was working, what wasn't working and different methods and things like that, that would produce results online. And Within uh, about you know a few months' times, we, we had actually a lot of people had started following us and just would come sit in and listen to us talk about all this stuff. When we realized that we had better information than even the mastermind group that we were paying for on a monthly basis, so we decided to start our own uh, digital information product business and coaching business essentially to teach other people how to do marketing for, for, for companies, uh, for local businesses and, and search, search engine optimization and just how to get better results online, period. And so we started Semantic Mastery and that was in 2013. And Semantic Mastery is current, you know, I still, I still have my own agency, Big Bamboo Marketing. I still run that, operate that, but I also have Semantic Mastery now with my partners. I've got four partners, uh, one of which is in the U.S., three of them are international and we teach digital marketing to aspiring marketing consultants and agency owners, people that want to own their own marketing agencies, to teach them how to get better results with, you know, tried and true, real world tested methods that we 
implement or, or use for our own clients, if that makes sense. It, it sure does. And that's where we are going to focus our discussion today. We're going to answer first off, what is Semantic Web? And just so that our listeners uh, can have a quick overview on this, creating semantic relationships with your website is the goal here to ultimately strengthen your brand footprint. So if you would please, uh, Bradley, give us a definition of what, or answer the question, what is semantic web? So first I'll start with the kind of the, you know, the definition, the, the more formal de definition, which is uh, uh, what is the semantic web? It's a proposed development of the World Wide Web in which data in web pages is structured and tagged in such a way that it can be read directly by computers. So more in layman's terms, what the semantic web is, is it's a way to structure code, websites, pages, things online, and so that they speak directly to the machines, right? So like the, the search engines and to the bots and what we call, and it's called machine learning essentially. Right. So, and what we're talking about when we, when we talk about the semantic web is entity validation and solidification. And there was a major shift in the web several years ago that because it used to be where as a search engine optimi optimization expert or somebody that was doing SEO, it was easy to game the system because all you had to do was really manipulate keywords, right? You could spam stuff and get it to rank at the top of the search results because at the time it was kind of a crude algorithm that would look at like the frequency of words on a page and things like that to determine how strong it was for a search query. And that's how it would rank a page in Google's index or its search results. But, you know, over time, the, the algorithm has become much more advanced and it actually now, it understands things on the web as entities, right? So it recognizes things like, for example, people and brands, objects, products, uh, services, all of those are their own specific entities on the web now. And it's a, the, the semantic web is a way that you can actually instruct or code, describe a, an object or an entity with code that speaks directly to that, that algorithm. So it, it, uh, yeah, it does. So it allows all these devices or things, if you will, to communicate. Exactly. And it's, you know, that we are now a web of things, not strings. And right. That's, that's essentially what the semantic web is. I mean, you got to think about like, besides, we're going to be talking specifically about digital assets today, uh, web properties, basically, but everything that we have in our lives now is connected to the web from our mobile devices to our appliances, to our, our lighting systems, to our cars, you know, everything that we have is connected to the web now. And so because the web is so integrated into everything, this, the semantic web had to be you know it had to come about in order to manage all of those things in order for all of these different things to be able to communicate so again it's in we're the internet of things not strings right so we know that semantic as i've said semantic relationships help strengthen your brand but outside of the brand footprint if you will could you just share a couple very specific items or benefits um, that truly integrating, you know, this semantic approach that brands can achieve? Well, brand authority and recognition, higher search engine placements, that's, that's all part of it. So for example, the, the stronger you 
make the entity, your brand entity, right, which would be an organization, for example, the, the more authority it has, specifically within Google. So, I mean, and again, that's my specialty, right? So having brand authority, right? So that's, again, so validating the entity first, then solidifying it and then building that up. And, and the way to do that is to connect all these different assets out there on the web, all the different profiles that you can from, you know, social media, which is, I mean, that's pretty common. Everybody understands to do that, but right. you have to do it in a very specific way to make sure that it is connected properly. But also, you know, all the mentions that, or, you know, every time your brand is published or mentioned online, that becomes another signal, like another vote of confidence, right? So that's another validation signal. And so it's very, very important to, as, as a brand to go out and try to claim and get, you know, claim your footprint and grow your footprint on as many different platforms in as many different ways as possible. And that strengthens that semantic uh, validation, essentially that, that entity by building it out more and more and increasing the footprint. Does that make sense? And that, it does. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to provide you right now, six steps to validating a semantic entity. The first one is structured data or a schema markup. Yeah. And that's, a, that's actually not, a, I mean, listen, I'm not a coder, so it's uh -huh. funny, but I do a lot of structured data, <laughs> schema markup, but there's a lot of tools online. You can literally go to Google and search for structured data markup tool or um, a schema generator things like that. And you'll find different tools out there online that most of them are free that you can use to create the specific code that you need to, to build the foundation, the very basis for at the, at the most basic level, you should have at least what's called JSON LD structured data markup, which is just a section of code that you can put in your website header, for example, that talks about uh, or the organization. Like, so organization markup is important for like big brands. It's, it's important even for small brands, but for local businesses, there's a very specific schema markup type called local business markup. And that's right. very, very important for helping to generate leads online for a local business. So you can have both, by the way, an organization and local business markup, but there's also product markup. There's review markup, question and answer markup, you know, people, uh, author markup, article markup, video markup, image markup. So there's all these things that you can do to really increase the value, right, and the uh, of a of a web page or an asset, so that Google understands what it is and will help it to outrank competitors, for example, so that you become or your brand or your piece of content or whatever it is that you're trying to use to help promote your business gets placed at the top because it's given more authority by Google because you have proper markup. So again, starting with just the very, on the very basic level, structured data or schema markup is something that all brands should be implementing if they're not already. And, and by, you know, it's 2019, it should be standard operating procedure that the, the entity should be marked up. So again, organization markup or local business markup to start with, but then also like the web pages themselves, the objects within the web pages, all of that stuff can and should be marked up. Yeah, so this, just summarizing this piece of micro data ultimately interprets context and delivers a more a higher quality search result to to brand to to people that are searching within any search engine out there. That's correct. But besides, 
besides that, it's also, it helps to make the search engine results pages. I'm sure everybody is aware when they do a search now in Google, a lot of the times there will be questions and answers right within the Google search results page, right? Right. Or, or a, like a knowledge panel. When somebody does a search for a brand name, a knowledge panel shows up on the right side of the screen that has a lot gotcha. of information about that. All of that stuff can be accomplished through structured data markup. Fantastic. Okay. Step number two is securing brands across all assets. Yeah, that's that's really important because having a presence on as many web properties as possible helps to validate and solidify that entity, as I mentioned before. So what I mean by that is, you know, as we we just spoke about a moment ago, social media, and that's pretty standard, right? Everybody has their the primary social media accounts, and that's absolutely critical. But what's important, though, is to make sure that it's consistent, that the, the markup, the brand is consistent, like the data is consistent across all of those. So, for example, you know, as a local marketing agency owner, I a lot of times get new clients that have various versions of their name published online on different social media platforms. So that could be down to, you know, punctuation being different as far as, or sometimes it includes Inc or LLC and sometimes it doesn't. That's really important to have data consistency across everywhere that your brand is published online. And again, on the local level, we talk about NAP, name, address, and phone number. That also obviously includes the web address. But with that, all that type of information should be absolutely consistent across everywhere that it's published. So we start with the, the top level social media profiles. It's really important to be, at least have a presence on all of them. Even if you're not publishing to them regularly, it's important to have claimed your profile, have the profile completed as, to the, the, as much as you can. Um, even if you're not going to be publishing to it, it's, it's critically important to have claim those and make sure that the data is consistent. Name, address, phone number, you know, the web, web address, all of that stuff should be absolutely consistent. But there's more, right? You can also have be published in directories. And I mean like business directories or industry or niche related directories, local directories, which would be like a local chamber of commerce, local blogs, local newspapers, things like that. All of those are really important because once again, there are additional points that you can place a mention of your entity, right? Blogs, web 2.0 properties, video sharing sites like YouTube and uh, Vimeo, for example, audio sharing sites, podcasts, SoundCloud, you know, iTunes, all of those different places, photo sharing sites, document sharing sites, all of those are really important. Fortunately, there are services out there that you can hire that will help to, you to claim and build those out over time. And you don't need to do it all at once. You can do it a little, little bit by, you know, a little bit on a monthly basis. For example, 20, 30 profiles per month consistently time and again over and over will help you to grow that footprint gradually. And it's very, very important. Yeah, I would agree. It's interesting as we're talking through this, I just uh, received an email from one of our team members um, about the Better Business Bureau and that some of the content that was on there was outdated, even from uh, you know, our website, from you know the description of the agency. Sure. Um, and we're updating it right now. But that's another example on how ultimately, um, you know, it's a different asset. It's not an asset we own, but we've got a listing on it and it needs to be consistent. So listeners, just think through all the potential assets that are out there and how ultimately you can create more consistency within them. Now, you did talk about this briefly. Item number three, the, the third step here is consistent content marketing. Yeah, well, that's another one. Uh, Google absolutely loves freshness, right? And so that's part, that's literally built right into their algorithm, the freshness factor. And so as a brand, you should be consistently marketing, content marketing, pr producing content. And it doesn't matter. It, it's not like one version is better than another. It's just important. So it, it's really, it's really up to 
the brand, the business, is to determine what is the most effective for their particular you know, clients or what, what they're trying to accomplish and then do that and do it consistently. So obviously we're on a podcast right now. That's audio, podcasting, very, very good way to generate uh, content. Video is another fantastic way to generate content. I, per, I personally like video and or audio content because then you can take that content and have it transcribed. Now you've got literally written content that can be broken down into multiple articles or blog posts, for example, or one long like authority-based article. Um, you can turn that into social media posts, all that kind of stuff. The point is with frequent and consistent content marketing, it improves SEO and it builds authority. So Content can be multi-purpose, right? I mean, it, you can get a lot of traction from a piece of content if you know how, how to do it, like create, for example, infographic, uh, in, infographs that can also be picked up and shared by people, which creates backlinks back to the site. And a lot of these are traditional type SEO tactics, but content marketing is important. Even on a local level, for example, Google My Business, all brands should be using Google My Business, even if it's not a local type of business. It, even national brands still have a headquarters somewhere, and they should still have a Google My Business profile. And part of that is Google allows what's called Google My Business posts. And it's very much like blog posts or like Facebook posts would be to a page, except this is directly to the Google listing. And those are very important. So even just doing that, if nothing else, is going to help to increase that authority and validate that entity. And, and that's exactly right. Google My Business is point number four as far as the steps uh, to validating a semantic entity. Talk to us about the importance of that. Well, that's a, that's a great point because Google My Business is, is, most people think of it as just for local businesses and for lead generation, which by the way, that's it's one of the best things since sliced bread in my opinion because there's so much that you can do with Google My Business on for a local lead generation level. But even national brands, like I said, should have a Google My Business presence because everybody, all businesses have a physical location somewhere. Even online businesses have a registered business address somewhere. And so why not take advantage of one of the primary tools that Google gives you, which is Google My Business, which that is a huge validation signal, right? That, that tells Google that you're a real business with a real location somewhere. And it's not, don't just claim the profile. I mean, that's step one is claim it. But number two is to really completely fill it out. And here's part of the reason that it's so important to fully utilize all of the tools that Google gives you within Google My Business, which by the way, they're all free, but they're incredibly powerful. And that's because Google rewards businesses that are using the tools that it provides. And the vast majority of businesses are not using it to its fullest extent. So those that do will be rewarded, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. And, and I think this leads beautifully into reviews, which is point number five. So many uh, customers out there, and again, it does not matter if you're retail, CPG, B2B, uh, reviews are a great reputation management tool and, and they need to be looked at. Yeah, and I agree with that, but uh, I would take it a step further because reviews, you know, reputation management is about managing an existing reputation online. I, I like to think of it more as reputation marketing, right? Because right. I think that, uh, you know, the days when just ranking at the top of Google for a particular particular search query would generate all the leads that you would ever need. I think those days are gone or because internet users, web users are much savvier now than they were even five years ago. And so just being ranked at the top of Google search isn't going to be enough is it's much better to have a really good reputation as well. I mean, again, for uh, a business that is showing up online, but they have no reviews or they have a f just a few reviews versus a business with tons of reviews. People are going to trust the other business with tons of reviews 
more so because it, even even from those those even if those reviews are from complete strangers, they're still going to use those as kind of like a vote of confidence, right? They tend people tend to believe what they read online from reviewers. And again, I know you can spam all that stuff, but my my point is that reviews are really really critically important. And so I always recommend to clients, you know, let's start with your existing client base and soliciting reviews, asking for reviews. And once you start getting reviews, you start leading your marketing, right? R lead your marketing with those positive reviews because now that's going to shine a positive light on your company so that even while you might not be ranked at number one yet or at the top of the search results yet, you're going to stand out among the others on the page because of your reputation. Does that make sense? It sure does. And you know, 92% of people are going to take a look at a review before they decide to purchase a product or enter, you know, a retail space. So it is, you know, again, very, very important that a review strategy, a five-star review strategy, you know, be a part of everyone's uh, digital marketing mix. Okay, our final piece today is inbound PR, number six. Yeah, so inbound PR, uh, you know, public relations is really important. Again, that's almost like brand management. It, it kind of piggybacks right off of the reviews because inbound PR is a way to essentially get your brand out there and your message out there for the world, it, which helps to start bring inbound leads, helps customers to start seeking you out as opposed to the other way around. So for example, as a marketing consultant, you know, a lot of the times it's about outbound marketing, going out and trying to find the customer and pitch services to them. But it's much better for business to have people coming to them, seeking them out, right? And so inbound PR is a great way to do that. And again, uh, publishing public service announcements, how do you do that? Well, press releases, for example, like you, you can self-publish press releases which are, can get picked up and syndicated out and broadcast to many different news and media sites, which can actually have real journalists end up wanting to do interviews and or stories. That leads us to the next one, getting out there, having company executives or you know, brand uh, at ambassadors or whatever out there getting interviewed, um, writing guest posts on popular blogs and or websites, right? That's another one. It, podcasting, like what we're doing right now. All of these are really, really good ways to get your brand out there and create what I call inbound PR, which is to get your message out to a greater audience, a wider audience, and do it consistently, as mentioned before, with consistent content marketing so that you are top of mind or your brand is top of mind when in when that person or a customer, potential customer is ready to make that purchasing decision, they're going to think of you first. I do want to mention one more thing, if you don't mind, Lori. Sure. Uh, I, we created a page on our website for the Integrate and Ignite podcast listeners if they want to learn more about us or just get more information about the digital marketing training that we, we provide. It's free. We've got some goodies there. If you want to go check it out, it's at semanticmastery.com forward slash integrate. Again, semanticmastery.com forward slash integrate. That's fantastic. Bradley Benner, thank you so much. From flipping houses to SEO mastery, your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast definitely sparked interest with me today. Thank you for your insight. Thanks, Lori. I had fun. Thank you for having me. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.